Hey everybody, welcome to the rooftop. It is awesome to have you joining me by the fire pit. And um, I want to kick off with a reminiscence of a time when I was still in the Army and, and you would be doing land navigation, long distance land navigation. And um, one of the toughest, one of the toughest applications of that was when I was going through the Special Forces Qualification course. They have this thing called um, um, Pisgah Trek, and it's a it's a it's up in the Pisgah National Forest in the Appalachian Mountains, and you have to navigate on your own for days at a time. And the map sheets that you use, um, in some cases, traversed counties, <laughs> like you were walking a long way. And it's, it's kind of a real challenge mentally because a lot of times you're going so far that you really, and you don't know what your time limit is. You just know that when you get to whatever point you've been given, you'll be given another point, or maybe you'll be told to stop. And it starts to mess with your head for, a, you know, after a while. And, but one of the things I do remember about being up in the Appalachians, and really my grandfather taught me as an old mountain man about navigating in those mountains is that when you are moving, you know, you're down in the low country a lot. And occasionally you want to get up on a piece of high ground. You want to get up on a piece of high ground where you can, um, you know, you can see where you've been, uh, but you can also see where you're going. And, and that's really kind of a rare thing in land navigation, like really finding a point where you can do that. It's a good piece of high ground. And I always feel like this time of year, as we're recording this right now, and I know these things are evergreen and timeless, but as I'm sitting here right now, it's, it's we're rolling it to the end of 2022, and I'm looking at you know, entering into this, this new year of 2023. And over the last few years of my life, I've come to believe metaphorically that it is that, it is that, it is that piece of high ground, that it's a rare point in our life where we, we are afforded the opportunity to look back at where we've been, but we also have this, this really cool glimpse at where we're going. And, you know, we, I can look back and I can see the low points and the, and the swamps and the obstacles and the places where I took a wrong turn, you know what I mean? And the places where I actually took a good route and it worked out. But I can also look ahead and I can get some vision of what's in front of me. I can't see it all the way, but I can, I can make out at macro detail the perceived obstacles in front of me and the places where I'm going to need to go left or go right, the places where it's probably going to take me more time. And then way off in the distance, I can see some things, but they're blurry, they're hazy. But I've got a general sense of where I'm going. And I just feel like that's what this time of year is. And, and I hope that you'll consider that metaphorically in your life as well, because it's just a rare time where we come up toward the end of the year, but also things kind of slow down, you know, whether we want to or not, the businesses and the clients and everything just kind of slows down and everyone takes kind of an inward focus. And we're afforded this opportunity to climb up on that piece of high ground and, and look. Well, that's really what this podcast episode is about. Um, I'm going to, I usually do this anyway, so I just thought I would share with you my perspective on the rooftop journey, um, maybe the Scott Man journey over this last year of 2022, where we've been, kind of where we are now as I sit on this temporary piece of high ground, and then where I'm going, where I've been, where I am, where I'm going. I think it's one of the most important that we can 
use in leadership to frame and reframe uh, our journey through the arena on our on our journey to relevance, on our journey to be relevant, relevant to people's goals and relatable to their pain, which is what this podcast is all about. It's all about that relevance and creating movements that serve something bigger than yourself. So I just thought I would kind of lift the tent up and share with you my perspective, because I think a lot of it affects you. It's stuff that you're obviously interested in, or you wouldn't be on this podcast. But also, I think there's a lot of autobiographical listening that you'll be able to do here and and take some of these universal singulars and apply them to your own life. Um, so I'm going to kind of start with where we where I've been, where Rooftop has been, where the hero's journey has been, our nonprofit, and share with you that. And then I'll bring it to where we are now. And then lastly, kind of where I think 2023 is gonna really be an important year and, and what I'm gonna be focused on. Um, I'm gonna use the, the what they call in the Air Force the hot wash format to some degree, or what they call in the Army the after action review or AAR. And, and typically that's after every mission, every tactic, every exercise, you pull up and you wanna crystallize the learning fast. So you talk about what happened, you talk about what went wrong, and you talk about what went right, and then you talk about what you're gonna do differently next time. That's kind of the path I'm going to follow as I look at what, uh, where we've been, where we are, where we're going. And the first thing that, that I will say is that the arena of churn that's all around us in this past year, as predicted, is rising. The churn that we are facing, that you are facing, is rising. And, you know, the churn, by the rooftop definition, is comprised of the environment, which is the human terrain, and that environment is volatile. It continues to be uncertain as we go into what looks like to, could be a recession. Um, but, but certainly a lot of uncertainty that we had to navigate this year as we came out of COVID. It's complex. Uh, you know, there was a lot of complexity this year, a lot of, a lot of um, wicked problems that we faced at Rooftop to include how do we help our Afghan allies. Um, it was very crowded. The market is getting very crowded. The arena is getting very crowded. The information is so, who do you even trust anymore? Where do you get your information from? How do you trust that information? Right. Um, and it's ambiguous, right? The, the arena that we're operating in is really ambiguous. The fog of war, um, the fog of business, it's hazy. It's hard to really see what you can sink your teeth into. And then when you look at the human terrain, so that's the arena, then you look at the human terrain of the churn. It's, uh, it's distracted. People are getting more and more distracted. If you look at how our over-reliance on mobile technology, the social media environment, the 24-hour news cycle, we're really getting sucked into this level of distraction that our ancient brain is struggling to keep up with. Um, the disengagement levels are crazy. This, this past year, it kind of went from the talent tsunami and the great resignation to what they're calling quiet quitting right, where people are working at home and then they, they just disappear. And you're wondering, well, why aren't they doing anything? Because they quit and you didn't even know it, you know? And, and so this disengagement, this lack of purpose, both at the individual and collective level has really risen. In the military, you know, recruiting has dropped dramatically to where it's a national security problem. Retention in the military has dropped. And you're seeing retention and recruiting numbers being very challenged in corporate America, small businesses. There's something to that. There's something that speaks to disengagement of the human population around purpose that we've got to pay attention to as leaders. And then finally, distrust. 
the levels of distrust, the levels of contempt that we have for as Americans, this last election that took place, the polarization that was there, the way that we spoke of each other with contempt, normally reserved for one's enemies, as Sebastian Younger said, the levels of contempt and the levels of distrust that are happening as we reemerge from COVID. We've been isolated for so long, so long that, that, that as Ivan Terrell says, isolation is the fastest path to madness, right? That's why uh, Tom Hanks had Wilson for his best buddy, you know, on that island, right? The, 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 the volleyball was his best friend because isolation is the fastest path to madness. So there are long-term residual effects that are coming out of this isolation period where people go from zero to 120 in terms of fear-based behavior, anger, and they're in a trance-like state, right? And anger makes us stupid. Fear makes us stupid. So we've, I've seen, and I think you've probably seen, a real uptick in all of those things. And then, of course, resistance, that self-sabotage that we feel, uh, the imposter syndrome, the pulling back on our goals and our objectives. We think, I'm not the person to do this or somebody else should do this. And that's a real challenge when institutional leadership is failing and we realize that nobody else is coming. And then we feel that resistance internally to step in. So all of those things conspire to create what we call the churn. And it's, a, and it's a very real thing. It's novel. It's new. It's not something we were facing five years ago. It looks a lot more like what I saw in Afghanistan in the tribal areas than, than what we've seen in the first world environment of the United States and other places. But not so now. The churn is here. So I just wanted to cover that at a high level because contextually that has really affected some of the other things that, that I've dealt with and that Rooftop's dealt with over the last year, this past year of 2022. The first one that I'll talk about is Operation Pineapple Express. You know, um, it's, it's over a year and a half now that the collapse of Afghanistan happened. Um, but, but really it was in 2022 that a group of volunteers, Pineapple, Dunkirk, Moral Compass and others tried to do the best we could to keep our Afghan allies alive through a terrible winter and control of the Taliban Many of our allies starved. They were hunted down. Some made it here to the United States and struggled with resettlement. But what was consistent was all of these volunteers, particularly veterans, who said nobody's coming. They stepped into the breach and they continued to support their Afghan allies, whether it was through safe passage or resettlement. And I had the real honor to stay connected to that. I, I was really, really honored to be part of that. I joined a federation called Moral Compass which was something like 22 volunteer groups like Pineapple, um, Sacred Promise, uh, Team America, like just really cool organizations that stepped up, Aces and Eights, and, um, and continued to volunteer, continued to raise money. These veterans and other volunteers cashed in their kids' college funds. They, they, they cashed in their 401ks, their retirement pensions. Many of them uh, re-injured themselves along moral injury and, and PTS. Um, but yet they continued to support any way that they could to pay for safe houses, medical care, uh, looking for the long shot to get somebody over on a special immigration visa. I'm just humbled by the level of leadership that I saw in this. Now, I kind of took myself out of the ground game. I, I didn't talk much about this, um, but I, as by November of 21, man, I was in a bad place. I really was. I was re-experiencing a lot of the darkness that I had experienced coming out of the military in 2013 that I had fought for years to overcome. And, and so some interventions happened and I moved out of the ground game. I divested uh, the, the, the cases that I was working and to Operation uh, Recovery, an amazing nonprofit. 
and really pineapple became focused on storytelling of what happened and telling the story any way that we could to keep this thing top of mind to keep people focused on it and you know uh we did that we really did that we uh i wrote a book called operation pineapple express uh in what i think was kind of record time we i started this book in um late november of 21 and it was it was ready to to be submitted to Simon and Schuster by midsummer by, by by actually by April May it was in their hands and then it came out on the anniversary of the Afghan withdrawal August 31 uh 2022 and and the whole rooftop team I'm so proud of them because everybody gave way together to hold space for me to write that um, and, you know, uh, started that project with uh, James Meek. He was not able to finish that project because of personal issues that he had. A lot of them made the media. Um, I still don't know the degree of what that was, but he had to step away from the project in the, in the, in the early spring, late winter, early spring, and, and, and I pressed on uh, on my own. And, and um, you know, it turned out to be a damn good book. I'm very proud of it. It, um, it told the story from a street level. It answered two questions. What does a promise mean to you and how far would you go to honor it? And I had the opportunity to interview hundreds of Afghans who made it over, those who didn't, commandos, special forces, their families, interpreters, ministers, uh, but also the veterans who stood at their shoulder. I interviewed um, senior officers, many of whom would not go on record, only a few did. Uh, but in that, it was a gutting experience. It really gutted me in so many ways. Um, it, 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 kept me kind of pinned down to those stories in a way that I hadn't expected. Uh, it was kind of hard to come out of, but I was honored to tell the story and tell it from the third person, which was really important to me. I didn't want to tell it from the first person. Here's what I did this one time at band camp. You know, I was a character in the story, certainly not the protagonist, I don't think, but I was the storyteller and that was an honor to do that. And it hit the New York Times bestseller list. No one, I don't think any of us expected that. I knew it was a good book. I knew it was authentic and, and hard hitting, but I never expected it to hit the New York Times bestseller list. And really why that mattered to me so much was that it, it told me people do care about this. Enough people bought this book that they do care about this issue because that for me was the most important thing. Uh, writing that book, being involved in Pineapple, it really affected Rooftop, it affected our business, it affected my availability to do what I do in speaking, teaching and consulting and coaching and and we took a hit and, and, and you know, still have in many ways, but I, I don't regret it. Uh, we were able to get on 24 hour news cycle platforms. We were able to write this book. It actually got optioned for a movie. Not gonna talk too much about that right now, but I will tell you that it did and um, more to follow on that. And I believe that it has the potential to be even more powerful and to tell the story in a more visceral, impactful way, even than the book has done. And we'll talk more about that as we get into the where we're going kind of thing. But but what I will say is that Operation Pineapple Express um, did, did some did some good. The, the, the people that volunteered were amazing, but also being able to tell the story at a strategic level. Uh, people ask me, what was it about pineapple that, you know, captured people and that resonated with people, whether it was on the 24-hour news cycle or in print or in the book, you know, what made it a bestseller? I believe, honestly, just the storytelling was just telling the story in an honest, authentic way. You know, one of the things I've learned in times of crisis, when nobody else is coming, when we don't know where to go, the storyteller is gonna carry the day. The storyteller is going to be able to be more relevant to people's goals and more relatable to their pain. 
And I believe that's what happened uh, with pineapple. You know, what, what I would say that didn't go right with it was in spite of all that, I still feel like we lost the public. I certainly feel like we lost a political um, connection. And that breaks my heart. It really does. When I think about the fact, you know, there was a, a survey by this group called Better Together that said that two thirds of Americans felt like, uh, um, you know, the, the country was going to move on past the Afghan war very quickly. And we did. And we did. And I was very disappointed in that. I was very disappointed because it felt like we turned the page. We just turned the page on a 20 year war. We turned the page on um, 20 years of sacrifice and service and uh, that was a painful thing to see. Um, and it was a lesson learned for me that even in the storytelling, even in all of that, that the page can still get turned and you can't rest on your laurels. You can't allow uh, people to, um, to let go of the story. You have to stay on top of it. And so that's really landed on me because as a result of that, I lost friends. Friends of mine were killed in Afghanistan. They were assassinated, executed in front of their families. Some starved to death. And they still are. And uh, we abandoned our allies. We put our national security at risk. Uh, we inflicted a moral injury on our veteran population. And yet the bulk of the country is still going on as if nothing happened, as if this were just kind of a bad day. And friends of mine have killed themselves. My friend Brad killed himself, uh, or at least succumbed to his demons um, as a result of what happened. Um, and, you know, lost himself to substances. He was an amazing warrior, an amazing father, an amazing husband, and Afghanistan wrecked him. Another young man, Noah, took his life. He had moved on and got his life back, but he took his life as a result of what happened in Afghanistan. I just got news that another veteran took his life, three that I know. And that breaks me because regardless of the storytelling, those things happened. And in 2023, I want to see something different around that. So that's the pineapple thing. Um, and Pineapple was really, you know, kind of a rooftop leadership endeavor. Rooftop leadership really put everything into Pineapple, the book, asking uh, what's your Pineapple Express. We'll talk more about that in a minute. And then on the nonprofit side, with my body of work, I work a for-profit rooftop and a nonprofit, The Hero's Journey, where we help warriors find their voice and tell their story. And rooftop, we help with purpose-based human connection. On The Hero's Journey side, it was it was storytelling for veterans, but more importantly, it was the play, Last Out, Elegy of a Green Beret. I will tell you that that play's been in production for six years. You need to listen to my podcast that'll be coming out on it. It gives the whole backstory on it, and we'll be doing interviews with different members of Rooftop as we, excuse me, of, of the play, Last Out, as we go into the, the, the next 2023. But, but what I will say is that the play, Last Out, is the embodiment of what we do at the hero's journey, which is help warriors find their voice, tell their story and transition. We use this play last out with warrior storytelling to inform civilians on the cost of war, to validate and heal veterans in uh, the arena, in the auditorium who have endured moral injury and the chaos of war. And then we reconnect the room, Democrats, Republicans, veterans, non-veterans, and help them make meaning through storytelling. We make meaning out of chaos and we make meaning out of struggle through story. We find purpose in story and it, and it binds us and it unites us. So I wrote the play for that reason. Uh, and 
we had really come a long way with that play. It had it had it had toured 16 cities in 2019. COVID shut it down, and then we put it up on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Google TV, Vudu. You can still find it there, and all proceeds go to the Hero's Journey. Um, and we put it up on film. We raised the money for that, produced it ourselves. And I'm proud of that because it can reach a lot of people. But it was after the Afghanistan collapse in 2022, early in 2022 in February. Uh, I got a phone call that blew me away, and it was a phone call from a guy you may have heard of. His name's uh, Gary Sinise, uh, most popular for his role as Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump, uh, but he's also been on CSI. I mean, he's just amazing, an amazing actor, an amazing producer, director, and I had always wanted him to see the play because in his book, Grateful American, he's such a patriot. He founded the Gary Sinise Foundation, does so much for the veteran population. In his book, Grateful American, he had brought a play called Tracers, to Steppenwolf Theater in 1982, written by a Vietnam veteran about the Vietnam War, performed by Vietnam veterans. And it was such an inspiration to me. And I just knew if Gary could ever see our play, he would get behind it. Well, it took six years for him to do it, but he called me in early in February, 2022. And he said, you know, I really think that this play could be a post 9-11 tracers. And I, and I reiterated that it could. In fact, I may have been the one that framed it that way to him, but Regardless, we both slapped the table and agreed that it should be a Gary Sinise production. It should tour the country again. And he asked me if I, if I would get out there and perform the play again on tour. And it was not what I planned to do. It's one of those things, I donate my time to the play. Uh, Monty and I don't make a red cent on it. It's, it's a nonprofit endeavor for us. But I decided to do it, even though uh, we were launching the, the Pineapple Book at the same time, because Gary said we could get this thing in Steppenwolf Theater in Chicago and kick off the national tour the same way we did tracers and so i knew that we had to do that the veteran community is hurting so bad right now the nation is hurting after what happened in afghanistan our gold star families are wondering what was the point and we need to help them make meaning out of this and storytelling does that so we agreed and uh we started rehearsing and we've 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 got the play back up on its feet now at the filming of this we've already performed a preview in uh, tampa florida three nights sold out dc next then steppenwolf and then just around the country with this amazing cast of veterans and military family members. And what I will tell you is this play is an emotional breaching tool. It gets in there, whether you served or not, and it opens up that chest cavity that's closed off in this time of churn. And it uses storytelling to open you up, to see the perspective of a military spouse who doesn't know if her husband's coming home, of a young military child who doesn't know if dad is safe or not, of a, of a Green Beret, a special operator, a veteran who is running so hard that he doesn't know if he's in his fire base or his living room. And you go for this ride, right? This narrative transportation, and it emotionally distributes the load that just a small percentage of our population, our veterans and our military families are sitting in that room that they've had on their shoulders for 20 years, sometimes longer with Vietnam veterans and Korean War veterans and World War II. And it redistributes that load across the shoulders in the community. We do a talk back at the end of it, and you've gone for this visceral ride of this 20-year war in Afghanistan, and you understand why it matters so much. You understand why suicide is going up, depression, alcoholism, homelessness, as a result of the moral injury that happened in Afghanistan. And all of a sudden now we're engaged as a community talking about it and what we can do about it. And Gary Sinise's programs are out there in the lobby, and it's something positive. You know, similar to pineapple, when we looked around and said, okay, institutional leaders are not going to do what needs to be done. I'll do it. And my buddy, who Jay Redman, who's a Navy SEAL, will do it. And my buddy, Dan O'Shea, who's a Navy SEAL, will do it. And my buddy, uh, Will Lyles, who's a double amputee Green Beret, will do it. 
and we put together this Island of Misfit Toys and we rolled out just like so many other volunteer groups. Well, same way with the play, you know, same way with the play. It, we, we, we started by putting 28,000 miles on a U-Haul van. And, you know, I showed it to my buddy Wes sitting right out here and on our counter before it ever was spoken into the world. Never written a play in my life, never acted in my life. But the point is, we saw something that was broken and we said, nobody's coming, I'll lead, I'll try. And then we start to put together, and it's not just like, you know, I think if you, if you apply that approach, that's great and it's admirable, but it's all instinct, you're going to fail. But it's when you start to apply this intentional, purpose-based human connection skill set that I learned as a Green Beret and have honed over 10 years in rooftop leadership of narrative competence, life and death listening, right, attunement, and all of the other parts of our methodology of deep work, human terrain, human connection, strategic impact, now you start to have a competitive edge. You actually have the mindset, skill set, and tool set that even the friggin' politicians don't have. Or the institutional leaders who used to have these skills, now everyday civilians are modeling what leadership looks like to the institutional leaders. Isn't that something? And for me, and for my team, in less than a year, we had a, new, we had a Task Force Pineapple effort, a New York Times bestselling book that told that story, a movie optioned on it, on over here on the for-profit side. And then on the non-profit side, we had reinstituted a play, right, that had been written by a guy that never written a play, performed by a guy that never acted since like his kindergarten, you know, Thanksgiving play, and was picked up by Gary Sinise. Luck? Instinct? No. No. And trust me, I've failed at more movements than I've succeeded in, but that was our year. Um, and where that brings us right now is in spite of that success, we're looking at a recession right now. We're looking at the same economic hard times that you are. We're looking at cutbacks. We're looking at all kinds of hard choices on our overhead, our people. And um, it's hard and there's some darkness to it. And, and there's residual things I feel from pineapple and there's residual things I feel from the play. And there's times I don't wanna get out of bed and there's times that I don't wanna take it on. But that's where I am right now. And I, I feel like I'm on this piece of high ground. I'm looking back at these two strategic things that we did, right? One of them is, 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 is mobilizing a group of veterans to do the right thing when nobody else did. The other is, a, is, is warrior storytelling, combat storytelling to take it right to the halls of Congress if we have to, right to the Lincoln Center, right to Broadway, and from the stage, veterans and military family members telling our story. We don't need Hollywood to tell our story in this case. We'll tell our own. And it's not an after-school special like, oh, look at the cute veterans telling us their story and doing a play. No, we train hours and hours a day. We do diaphragmatic breathing, somatic breathing, uh, PTS counseling, trained by Carl Bury, who was trained by Larry Moss, one of the greatest Broadway directors in history. That's where we are. That's what we're doing. And what I would tell you is, as far as rooftop is concerned, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I subscribe to what Robert Putnam says in the upswing and bowling alone, which is that America has been here before. We've been in low points before where we where crime was rampant, political division, apathy, um, tribalism and infrastructure failing, and it looks like our best days are behind us. 
And then all of a sudden, in the early 1900s, you had Alcoholics Anonymous stand up with two drunks in Akron, Ohio in you know, 1917. You had the Rotary Club, the Junior League, the Future Farmers of America, NAACP, all of these social movements, this, these, these bridging trust movements were started by the same kind of people that did Dunkirk, Pineapple, right? And it was game-changing in the political and social terrain of America. It gave us the longest-running period of stability and bridging trust in our nation's history, social capital, where we had higher trust in each other, higher trust in our institutions, and a story that, that bound us. Now, it wasn't perfect. There were still lots of issues, but it's unprecedented. And Putnam believes that we've come through that same kind of downswing starting in 1972. And we've just gone down and down and down, and here we are. But he believes we're due for an upswing. And I believe we are too. I believe that pineapple, that last out, that my father's movement of the American Chestnut Foundation and the restoration of the American Chestnut, uh, of Ben Owen with Flanders Fields, who I've interviewed, I believe these are all the first shots across the bow of a social mobilization of Americans and other leaders in other countries at, at a citizen level who are saying, nobody else is coming. That's broken, I'll lead, right? And not in an insurrection way, but in an activated, responsible citizenry way where we model what leadership looks like to the corporate leaders, to the media leaders, the corporate media, to the social media, big media, big tech leaders, to the politicians. It's Adam Kinzinger, Congressman Adam Kinzinger, who, who literally stood in the face of his own party and said, I'm not good with this. I'm just not good with what happened here. It's not right. We need to put the country first and founds a movement called Country First. Not necessarily popular in the circles of his own party, but he does it because nobody else is coming. You see what I mean? And I believe this is what's possible for us as a country. And it's, not, and it's not just because I'm a little boy whistling in the dark. It's because I've seen and done the research that Putnam talks about in our own history. But also, when we did village stability operations in these rural areas of Afghanistan, I would, we would go into these places that were so broken, so distracted, so disengaged, so distrustful. And within short periods of time, you would see the very applications of what I'm talking about here would be in place. And so this methodology that we talk about on this podcast, that we do at Rooftop Leadership, that we do at Rooftop University, you know, where you can be a member for just a little bit and jump in there and, and thrive in this community of other Rooftop Leaders, this is what it's gonna take, you know, because nobody else is coming. Hopefully that's not a chopper coming for me, could be. But I think that's what it's gonna take. I think that's what it's gonna take for us to lead. Uh, for 2023, I'm excited. I really am. Uh, it's gonna be a recession. There we go, I said it. I said the R word. It's gonna be hard times economically. Corporations are gonna pull back. Business owners are gonna have to make different kinds of decisions. Nonprofits are gonna be strapped. But it's the same kind of conditions that happened in the early 1900s when that upswing started to happen. So what's gonna be your role in that? Are you gonna sit in the bleachers? Or are you gonna jump in there? You know, for my money, I'm going to start asking people, what's your Pineapple Express? What's your Pineapple Express? Helping Afghans get out of Afghanistan, that was ours. What's yours? What are you going to do about it?
Um, I'm going to put this play on the road, and we're going to every city we can possibly get to with Gary Sinise at our shoulder. And we're going to run talkbacks, and we're going to talk about and remind American veterans and family members and Gold Star family members that what you did mattered, that we have not turned the page, that we will not forget. I'm going to put it in front of politicians, and I'm going to show them the moral injury that our veterans are going through. I'm going to put it in front of generals and admirals who seem to be so tone deaf right now that they don't understand the impact they've had on the people who loyally served them for 20 years, right? We're gonna take this play any place we can take it and, and validate the, the journey of those who fought and help them make meaning out of it. But I'm also going to really lean into this podcast and this forum and this community and continue to build a space where we can Ask ourselves, what's your Pineapple Express? What's your movement? What are you building? And then turn to someone and say, help me build it through the story that you tell and the way that you connect with people and you allow them to locate themselves in that story and want to come along for the ride. This is the way that we move through this. That's where I'm going. And I hope that you'll come with me. I hope that you'll be part of that. I hope that you'll shake off that trance-like state that our civil society has, you know, imparted upon you through social media and these dopamine dispensers that we carry in the 24-hour news cycle and the political cycle, and that you'll reclaim the agency in your life, that you'll reclaim your autonomy, you'll reclaim your freedom and say, that's broken. I'm not good with that. I'm going to lead. Nobody else is coming. I'll do it. And whether that affects is with your family, your, your job, your community, your business, or a, a larger movement, it doesn't matter. The, the key is that you're playing a game bigger than yourself and that your metric is being relatable to people's pain and relevant to their goals. Because that's what people follow. It's what they're starving for. It's what they're hungry for. And there is both a science and an art to achieve that. And the rooftop methodology will move you right into that. And that's what we talk about here. So when I bring the guests on or whether I'm riffing on it on myself, my promise to you is that the stuff that I'm gonna talk about will help you be more relevant to people's goals and more rel relatable to their pain and to help you build the movements that you wanna build and then you can take it, exercise the agency that you need in your arena and we just keep building this thing out because that's how it's gonna go. We're gonna take the microphone and we're gonna own the rooms. And I cannot wait to do that journey with you in 2023. That's a view from the rooftop. Climb on up here with me and let's go for the ride. I'll see you on the rooftop.